the Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Welcome back. It's another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, a TV show from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with Tori Sheffield. That's right. And yeah. we are in. <laughs> that is right. Uh, we are in season three. <laughs> We're on episode four, A Fine Family Feud, which I have to be honest, for a minute, I was like, oh no, are we going to get another game show episode? <laughs> oh, see, my, that was thought, my-, <laughs> <laughs> my thought was, I wonder how much mileage they're going to get out of entitling episodes of fine such and such because remember mm. we had a fine friendship so we're gonna this, i think this is the second fine wordplay we've had yeah see i only saw family feud and i was like oh what is fran gonna get on a family feud this is stupid <laughs> which one I mean, actually that would be a great episode <laughs> i'm sure it happens um <laughs> but no that is not what this is this is the episode we're in Maggie is turning 16 and they're planning a sweet 16 party for her. And Fran decides that she's going to hold it at her, her aunt Frida's nightclub, which is like a, you know, seventies disco throwback. <laughs> so it's and, not a throwback. It just has not changed. Which just has, well, yes, it's a throwback. Right. Yes. It wasn't an intended throwback. It's just a club from the seventies that never changed. <laughs> um, and then this causes friction with uh, Sylvia, because Sylvia, so Sylvia's husband is Frida's brother. So, so Sylvia and Frida have like, they have like issues. And, yep. um, they have not spoken, they have not spoken in decades. Yes. Um, so, so it, it leads into the family feud aspect of yes. the yes. title. And Frida is played by the great Lanny Kazan, who probably most people know as the mom in my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. But she, was, um, before that was a very, very famous Broadway actress, and she famously understudied for Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. Um, and I actually have a note later in this episode where, you know, when she first enters, there's a really big audience reaction. Like you you yeah. instantly know, oh, okay, guest star. But I don't know if the average American would know who she was. I don't know. Do you think they would? I mean, she was in the musical My Favorite Year which was pretty big at the time. And uh, so, I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know. I genuinely, I can't gauge that. Cause like, I only knew her at the time because of that show. Cause we did it at my high school. So like I, I knew who she was, you know, I mean, she had been in, let's see, she had been in, uh, I mean, she was in the big hit, which was a pretty big movie. That was like the year before. Oh, okay. She, she guest starred on Murder She Wrote and Beverly Hills 90210, and well, she I, was I, in Beaches. Yeah, yeah. And these, I mean, these, so yeah, I think yeah, I think at this period of time, she was also on Saint Elsewhere, which was a huge show um, for like multiple episodes. So yeah, I think she was in Harry and the Hendersons. I don't even remember that. Wow. So yeah, I, I do. I think that like at this point, she was this funny old lady that people knew. You okay. Know? Okay. Okay. So. Um, we start off the episode by, you know, as Sean said, establish- establishing that Maggie's sweet 16 is coming up. And I wrote, is she still only 15? I feel like she's been 15 for like three years at this point. But um, I mean, or she- are we to believe she was 13 in season one? Or maybe she was 14. I, 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 what I would love is if somebody, some listener would just take inventory of every age reference we've had yeah. to Maggie <laughs> and then just report back. That'd be amazing. Thank you. Um, 
But so we not only established that her big 16th birthday is coming up, but she uh, is firstly feeling kind of annoyed that her dad, Mr. Sheffield, still treats her like a little girl. Like he literally, you know, she's literally like, oh, he just keeps pinching my cheek and saying like, here's my almost grown up little girl. And no sooner, and he, oh, and she was like with this goofy smile on his face. And then no sooner does she say that, does he literally enter the kitchen and he has this very, very funny, goofy smile on his face. And he's like, where's my almost grown up little girl? And it's actually very cute. Um, but so we, you know, we established this, this tension between those two, which is ongoing, but um, yeah. coming to a head in this episode. And uh, we also got a Princess Diana virginity disc. Which- <laughs> it's so funny that I wrote that down too. I wrote, was that a Princess Diana virginity joke? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, which is, you know, God, these- Why? These, well, because I can explain to you. But the thing that I was thinking is just, these shows are wonderful in their own right, but they're also these incredible time capsules because obviously nobody would make this joke after 1997 when she, you know, Princess Diana tragically died uh, at 36 years old. But, you know, this is a couple years before that. And the the thing was when um, Prince Charles announced his engagement to the young, you know, Diana, who I think was 19 years old at the time, obviously like the press went insane and wants to know everything about her. Mm. She was on the cover of every magazine and her virginity did come up. And she, she was like, it was like, yes, yes, I, I am a virgin. And everyone was like, oh, his virgin bride, which is also just like so gross and weird, but yeah, that's different time and um, royal wow. shit is weird. But so that's pretty joke, gross. Yeah. Honestly. Right. But yeah. so, I mean, and- I mean, it's, it's also like, yeah, ew. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the joke was like, oh yeah, like um, you know, you can't. It, it, it was like the hat on a whole other joke where basically, um, Fran's about to say something about when she lost her virginity, but then she realizes little Gracie will hear. So she goes, "It's like when I lost my Virgin airline tickets," and then Gracie goes, "Did you get them back, or did you get your money back?" And Fran goes. No, sweetie. But like that's a no refund unless you get engaged to Prince Charles. Yes. Basically meaning that, okay, she uh, clearly wasn't a virgin, but then suddenly was when she was in the public eye. Right. Um, but hey, Well, hey, know. look, and how do we know? Maybe she was a virgin. I feel like ex-boyfriends came out of the woodwork. but <laughs> To say like we had sex? I, yeah. That's hey, it's, rude. It's that's nasty. also rude. Man, everyone's so rude to her. <laughs> it's a nasty Jeez. business. I know. It's a- I got to watch The Crown. Such a great show. <laughs> Let's just pause this. Catch you up on three, I four get, seasons. I gotta, I gotta get into that. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so you can understand all these references. Well, what's interesting is, you know, we talk about like our, our audience for this show and it's like, I, I wonder how many people know about all of that stuff because of shows like The Crown or because they lived through it like us and they're old or ha- or like me lived through it and still had no idea what any of this was. Uh, Cause like I, all I remember from when I was a child was that the um, Christine on night court loved princess Diana and was like obsessed with her. And that's it. That's all I knew. And then one day princess Diana died and people were sad. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's sad when anyone dies. I don't get it. You know? And there were like processions down the street of like people crying. And I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> My mom holed up in her bedroom and watched the funeral on repeat. Cause they kept re-airing it for like a day and a half. <laughs> um, people- Why do people have this connection to this lady? Listen, that is a whole other conversation right. that we don't have time for. 
<laughs> okay, so when Mr. Sheffield comes in, he very, very proudly and excitedly uh, reveals that his big, huge birthday idea and plan for Gracie is, or sorry, for Maggie is that uh, they're going to have a party at the Guggenheim, where he Fancy. very, pro- yeah, very fancy but very dry, and he says, but still, like, I would be into that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it depends if you're if you're a 16 year old and maybe you're not that into art. Well, and it also mm. it's the other stuff because he says he's like, ah, oh, you know, Gloria Vanderbilt just had her birthday party there, and you know, Gloria Vanderbilt would be like 80 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he also says something like, he's like, and we might even get Itzhak Perlman to play, who was like a famous uh, old Polish violinist. And then Mr. Sheffield literally like giddily crosses his fingers and is like, I hope he's available and runs out. (laughs) And um, it's very clear that Maggie, while she appreciates his efforts and excitement, like thinks that this is lame and boring. She's literally like, this party's going to be so stuffy, Fran. Like none of my friends are going to like it. And Fran's even like, don't worry, honey, no one will come. Um, not not because, which which could be interpreted as like, you have no friends and no one will come. But it, I think she meant like, no one will come to this like lame party if you're like right. a teenager that wants to like rage. Um, and there was also this really funny moment in this scene where when Mr. Sheffield is setting up where the party's going to be and he's like describing it's going to be at this like Ele- like wonderful, elegant, incredible place. Fran goes, Leonard's of great neck. Um, <laughs> and she goes, they have a shrimp scampi made out of scrod that's to die for. And so first of all, scrod is a white fish, which makes sense because shrimp's not technically kosher. So right. like a very Jewish wedding place probably wouldn't sh- serve shrimp. But I Googled it. It's a real place. And there's a line on their website. It's like, it's just so Long Island because it literally goes... Our new destination reception provides luxurious dining and superb service, all designed to impress your guests at a location of your choice. (laughs) And I just wrote, so trashy. It's like, it's not designed to be like, to make it an unforgettable day for like you and your loved ones. It's designed to impress impress your your guests. (laughs) Oh, so gross. Don't dine here alone because you got to have someone to impress if you're coming all the way out here for our scampies. It's also like, like, uh, yes, what what is a wedding for if not to... What is a wedding for? What for is a wedding if not to impress all of the people you invited to it? Certainly yep. not to exchange wedding vows. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but so uh, that is... That's not even really the A plot of the episode that we've established, but this is the context for... You know, hey, Louie, which- put that shrimp down. <laughs> You're getting your sticky fingers all over it. Oh, God. I never, ever should have. I created a monster. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, God. But so um, let's see. Where are we? Oh, so in the next scene, we, we actually find out that Cece is the one who's been helping Mr. Sheffield plan this like very stuffy event, obviously. Um, and, and he's like, oh, Cece, thank you so much for all your help with this. And she goes, oh, Maxwell, I adore the children as if they're my own. And she goes, especially uh, – uh, and she like – furrows her brow and studies a family photo and goes, the big one. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. Um, And then, so Fran and 
and Maggie have had their little conversation about how like this party is going to be lame. So they agree to go talk to Mr. Sheffield. But of course, Maggie wusses out. So even though they're supposed to storm his office together, Fran ends up like boldly marching I in love, by herself. I love this bit. And I love that like, she's like, hey, we want to talk to you. And then she realizes she's not ne- Maggie's not next to her. And she goes, oh, I taught that girl too well. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. So, so Maggie bailed and Fran tries to, you know, gently say that this is like a terrible idea for a party for a teenage girl. Um, and and Mr. Sheffield is, well, first of all, see, there's this fantastic comedic beat because Cece's like, but Maxwell, I've been over backwards to get the Guggenheim. Niles, who was also in the office, is leaving. And as he hears that, he goes, wouldn't be the first time. At which point, CC literally slams the door in his face. Yeah, I love that. But without even breaking eye contact with Mr. Sheffield. Um, and so it was just like this very subtle comedic a beat where where like she knew that this dig was coming. She's not even yep. mad. She's no, just like, it's so smooth. Happen. And he he steps just at the perfect spot out of the room and like kind of turns around to make the dig. And she just swings the door closed effortless, effortlessly <laughs> yes. into his face. And it just yes. shuts before he even gets the whole thing out. And it was just so, so good. I genuinely, I wrote, I wrote that, I noted that too. Cause I was like, yeah. oh, that's such good physical comedy. Like it's great timing. And the way that she does it without missing a beat. Like, again, she's mm-hmm. not mad. She's just like, no. oh, no, don't have time for that. <laughs> Great. Um, but so um, Mr. Sheffield's like, well, fine, Miss Fine, if we're not going to have it at the Guggenheim, like, what do you suggest? And she says she wants to have it at a place called Tanta Fritas, <laughs> uh, which is owned by, quote, her father's sister. And she goes, it used to be a restaurant, but no one ever went. Whose bright idea was it to open a Tony Roma's in a Hasidic neighborhood? A Tony Roma's being a baby back rib restaurant. Yes, is, a great place. Tony Roma's uh, is awesome. Yeah. Um, but so he's basically, she's basically like, you know, Maggie would really like me to take over the planning responsibilities. So he relents, even though, you know, he's a little bummed down, disappointed, but, you know, he does. So, so then we go to Fran and Maggie at this actual club, Tantas Frida's. Super trashy, like mm-hmm. tinsel curtains, gross 70s era carpeting. Um, at one point, you know, Fran, I think, like, you know, stomps on what we can assume is a cockroach of some kind. And while they're there, Fran reveals that her mother and her aunt, Frida, who owns this place, have not spoken since 1979. Um, and she's like, it's destroying them. They both gained 40 pounds and they can't even rub it, rub it in each other's faces. Um, <laughs> and I wrote, that's too real uh, based on my family. Um, and that's when Aunt Frida emerges. And it's, as you said, it's Lainey Kazan. And she she looks like basically Fran in 30 years, like huge hair, nails, tons of makeup, gaudy, you know, uh, queen's outfit. Um, And, uh, you know, Fran and her, they embrace and they're so happy to see each other. Fran reveals that Frida has outlived four husbands. Oh, I love this line. This is my favorite (laughs) line of the it? Should I just save it? Yes, save it. Well, she she reveals that she's outlived four husbands. And then uh, Frida goes, at least I got them all in one plot. On holy days, <laughs> I'm in and I'm out. <laughs> uh, meaning she only has to visit one grave for four husbands. And also, my God, what a way to go, getting buried with three other men. It's so funny. And it's like it ties back into what we've talked about, I think, on this show before about like 
Jews and their wedding and their cemetery plots. Yep. At one point, Frida stomps on something and she goes, these darn butterflies. (laughs) I love love that. I love that. She steps on a roach and she goes, damn butterflies. (laughs) Like like just insisting that these are butterflies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Little black butterflies that crawl across the floor. (laughs) So so Frida walks away and Maggie uh, goes like, Fran, if your mom and your aunt aren't speaking, won't your mom be upset if we have the party here? And Fran's like, oh, no, she'll be totally fine. We then cut to one of my first really laugh out loud moments of this episode. (laughs) And I was laughing the whole time, but this was just extra. It was great. Sylvia's literally trying to jump out her kitchen window yelling, (laughs) I want to die. I want to die. It's literally, she's like, she goes, nah, mom will be okay. And then it cuts to, yes, Sylvia just going, I want to die. Let me go. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and she's like, I can't believe you would do this to me. And then Fran's like, this isn't about you, ma. Sylvia goes, I have nothing to do with my daughter's boss's daughter's sweet 16. I know. And then she goes, and then she goes, Marty, do you hear this? And then I literally had a note where I'm like, oh man, this is starting to get into some dangerous territory for me because I see my own family in this so much that I'm like, I feel like if I, if I acknowledge that I'll get in trouble, but just the idea that like, you know, Someone A taking something that has nothing to do with them personally, uh-huh. saying, How could you do this to me? And I just wrote, <laughs> Oh, the stories I could tell. How long do you have? <laughs> um, but so, um, so, okay, we established that Sylvia is actually very not okay with this and yeah. that this is going to cause a lot of problems. Sylvia goes, Frida's blacklisting me from her club just like she did from Hadassah. <laughs> and Fran goes, Ma, Frida didn't black, blacklist you from Hadassah. Like they kicked you out because you kept giving them uh, – you kept donating cakes with half the frosting licked off. <laughs> and then Sylvia goes – I goes. I told you, I was lightheaded in the car ride over. <laughs> it's just like it's like bam, bam, bam. It's like, so good. There's also at the very end of that scene, she goes, "Ma, you're just trying to make me feel guilty." And Sylvia goes, "I'm not trying to make you feel anything." And then she like feels her breast, and she goes, "Do I have a lump here?" <laughs> yes. yes, it was amazing. It was so amazing. So then. We we have this great scene back at the mansion where um, Cece walks in and she's like, oh, Niles, I drove all over Greenwich, Connecticut looking for that jewelry <laughs> store for Maggie's present. And then – and she's like, and I couldn't find it. And he's like, oh, did I say Greenwich, Greenwich, Connecticut? I meant Greenwich Village. And then she's like, what? And then she's like, oh, and she storms out. And then he's like – no, no, no. She goes, she goes, and they don't deliver. And then she's like storms out. And then he goes – Oh, wait, they do deliver. And then he goes, I should stop her. And then he runs, well, he like walks to the door, opens the door, and goes, Cece, come back. <laughs> so, oh, quiet. Cece. So, like, quietly. so quiet. And then he goes, hmm. And <laughs> And shuts the door. Yeah. Oh, wait. But did you did you reveal that he also already clearly has picked it up? So, oh, yeah. And he already has it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure if she right. goes and finds it, it won't be there anyway. Don't tell her it's sold out. Well, it's um, delivered. It, you know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, because they because he goes, all right, they do deliver. And then, yeah, that's right. He has the box. But it's the, the real, the funny bit was his 
the, that, that performance was great. I didn't know what he, I thought he was going to like open the door and not say anything. So I got a genuine laugh and he went, Cece, come back. Come <laughs> so back, Cece. <laughs> yeah. And so then. So then Fran basically parent traps. I mean, it's yeah. a parent trap situation, right? Yes. Well, because, you know, she she initially tries to tell Mr. Sheffield that they're going to have to go back and do it at the Guggenheim because she's like, oh, no, this is going to cause way too much trouble in my family. Right. And he's like, I already canceled the Guggenheim. And, like, I don't understand why your mother and your aunt's situation is affecting my child's party. He's like, you're going to figure it out and make it work. He's mm-hmm. kind of understandably pretty mad at this point. Totally. Um, and so this is when the parent trap situation happens. And this is, oh my God, what another incredible Great scene. scene. Dude, the first line, Frida walks in the door and she goes, if I knew it was so fancy, I would have slipped on the stairs outside. Yes, I have that line too. <laughs> oh, it's like so good. It's the best yeah. I I laughed so loud Elizabeth jumped. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so then she walks in and then Sylvia walks in and they both realize that the other person's there and it, like in total unison they're both like what's she doing here? Like and then they're like you're not welcome here. Fine. I'm leaving. <laughs> they they both try to stomp out when they realize that Fran has like orchestrated them both being there at the same time. Yeah. At which point Fran literally goes Ma, Frida, chocolate cake. <laughs> she holds up this beautiful, gorgeous chocolate cake. And then in like for any other actresses or for like any other situation, this would almost be offensive how stupid it is, but it is so funny. It's and works, so funny. It works so well after, yeah. you know, with these characters. She literally starts waving the cake around on a cake platter and they turn around. They're like literal, their lips start to smack together (laughs) and they start to just turn around and come further and further back into the living room. And they finally both sit on the couch and start reaching out for it. And she's like, no, 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 not until we've talked. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then you have this scene that, again, it it felt so real to me and like situations in my family over the decades because (laughs) she was, you know, Fran sits them down and she's like, so you guys haven't talked for decades. Like, what's what's the fight even about? And they both start to speak and then they both kind of hem and haw. And Fran's like, see, you don't even remember why you're fighting. Um, And she's like, but meanwhile, and then she starts to list like all the nice things they had done for each other over the years and the way that they, you know, always thought about each other and took care of each other. And they both kind of start to cry and, um, you know, they hug each other and all's all's resolved. (laughs) And uh, then I thought it was actually going to turn around because then Fran goes, see, like who cares who has, you know, 
grandma so-and-so's pearls when you've got love. And then, then they both go, oh, you do have her pearls, don't you? <laughs> but then but then they get calmed down again. And, you know, you realize- you buy another they, piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, buy another piece of cake. <laughs> she goes, ah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, all these years of yeah. absurd feuding when they would have actually been much happier together uh, is, is resolved in this way, but just, you know, getting them together in the same room. Um, and so then we, so then I'm like, oh, how much more can there be? Because I noticed there was still like a significant number of minutes left in mm-hmm. the in that. And episode. honestly, we get one of the most fun sequences I think this show's ever had. And the cast looks like they're having the most fun I've seen them have on this show. Oh my god, yeah, they, like this is a cast that never breaks, and like you could see them all trying not to break because that you know we end up going to the party and. At first, Sylvia and Frida are on good terms, but then someone says something or this or that, and they well, start- no, so so Frida, Frida and Sylvia walk in on good terms, and then Fran notices that Frida's dress is like tucked into her underwear, mm-hmm. and she like untucks her dress for her, and then Frida's like, "See, this is why I got mad at you in the first place because we were at." someone's bar, bar mitzvah and you let me ha- dance around with my tuchis hanging out the whole time. And then, you know, she, then Sylvia says something back and then they start fighting again. And then Fran tries to distract, distract him again with cake. But then this time, uh, no, Sylvia picks up an eclair and smashes it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's Frida that starts it, right? Frida smashes the eclair onto Sylvia's chest, and then Sylvia smashes no, cake onto Frida's chest. Like or was it the other it. way? See, hey, this is exactly how these family feuds start. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> like I'm on who, Frida's side. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I remembered it being Sylvia. But but either way, so they start smashing baked goods into each other, which and one of the kids sees it and goes, food fight, and then food just starts getting hurled everywhere a mile a minute. And it's like mostly baked goods and creams and eclairs and things that just like, yeah. and, you know, custards. And Mr. Sheffield, who had been so happy a few minutes ago that everything was going so well, like I think he leaves to get his camera and he reemerges into the party to see like, it's just like a barbaric and ins- it's barbaric insanity. And he turns on the lights and he stops the music and he's like, what is going on here? And then Fran emerges from the crowd. It reminded me of the food fight in Hook. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was just just like, all of a sudden food is just flying. And you're like, I've never seen a food fight that violent in real life. Yes, yes, yes. And then it was also a very like, I love Lucy comedic beat too when Fran emerges. And like, she's not just like covered in food. Somehow there are literal like intact baked goods stacked on her head. (laughs) Yeah. That is how covered in food she is. And, you know, she comes out and I think he says something like, you know, Niles, what's going on? And he emerges as well. And I think he and Cece have also clearly used the opportunity to just like completely try to eviscerate each other in this food fight. And they're both completely covered. But But everyone's trying to – like covered, like like he looked slimed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like what was all this? Fo- like where was all this goop? Is what I, I that was my only question. Is I was like I don't understand what they had at this party like- that was like gallons of goop to no, drip all I over. I think it was like bowls of custard and pudding. Um, <laughs> but so and the funny thing is though they're all trying to maintain their dignity while while looking like this, like and as if nothing that bad has happened. Um. And, oh, I forgot to say that during the actual food fight, this is when you really saw Frida and Sylvia and everyone, like, almost breaking and almost laughing and clearly, like, just having 
a ball, um, which was yeah, so funny. They to all watch. look like they're having like a like like genuinely like the kids all like jump out of their seats and start immediately throwing food at every like they were clearly like had rehearsed this without throwing any food multiple times and everyone was just like ready to go you know and then like you have to wonder like did they have to do multiple takes like oh i mean i hope not god i mean so was this a kind of thing where there's a lot of pressure on them to just like just go for it it was probably get it done. honestly it's tv it was probably like we're doing this once and it's gonna take hours to fix so please don't break yeah and so yeah. um mr sheffield's super livid until maggie emerges and she's also you know covered in food but and she's like dad no she's goes Hey, who was the idiot who, you know, turned off the music and turned on the lights? Everyone was having such a good time. Yeah. And so he realizes that, oh, no, this didn't actually ruin this party. It made it, like, way more fun for all the kids. So, you know, they turn the music back on. The, the disco lights come back and, like, all seems well. And then um, Mr. Sheffield – Thanks, Fran, for throwing this all together. At which point she or she responds by giving him a huge hug, which is which is funny because he's not covered in any food or anything, and she's completely covered. And she not only hugs him, but literally starts like rubbing it all up and down. (laughs) Yeah, like writhing it into his like suit. Yeah, yeah. So it was a you know it was just a very fun episode, and it was kind of an episode where. A lot happened that you couldn't have expected, but it didn't feel like random. Um, you know, the like remember when we were kind of complaining about like the close shave episode where we were like, yes. oh, clearly every single thing happened just so we could get to this one big comedic beat. And like it was almost boring because you could see it coming a mile away. Like, yeah, this wasn't that. This this yeah. all felt like natural turn of events. Like mm-hmm. one thing led to another and things get out of hand. It was great. I if I had been keeping a list of my favorite episodes, I would have added this one to it. Should we move on to segments? I think we should. Let's move on to segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> Some of your favorite lines and moments. I said almost all of them, honestly. I know. Um, but like, you know, I, I think I think I love Lady Kazan and her delivery of if I knew it was so fancy, I would have slipped on the stairs outside. Killed me. Uh, the cut to Sylvia trying to jump out the window killed me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And this is one of those episodes where I think you can tell like how excited and how much fun we had when watching when we when, – it's very hard for us to save our favorite lines and moments to the end um, yeah. in segments because we went over so many of them. Those are all my favorites. I realized, though, um, we didn't mention this very big comedic beat that was like a Jurassic Park parody bit because uh, when the uh, when, when Sylvia and Frida first get to the mansion and they realize they've been trapped, they both turn around and are tr- about to run out the door. Uh, but young Brighton, who's now not that young anymore, he's standing in the doorway with his rollerblades and a helmet on. And as the women start to run, it goes into slow-mo and you see their just, you know, huge legs start to hit the mansion floor in their high heels. And then you see the water in the vase on the table start to shake <laughs> and Brighton turns. And if, you know, you realize they had him in rollerblades so that he would have a helmet on because, you know, the kid in Jurassic Park famously like had a helmet on during a ton of the 
action in the some of the biggest set pieces. And so he screams and he clearly is too afraid to try to uh, be anywhere near these women. And like he bails really fast. Um, and it was a very funny beat. Um, and I loved it. It was great. It was a great. I don't very know if the King Jurassic Park had a helmet on, though. No, he. I think he did in the mm. T Rex scene. You don't think? Mm. No. Really? No. Maybe this is one of those Mandela effect things where you saw the movie and he had a helmet. How but. do you know that I'm the wrong one who's wrong? <clears throat> I think he had a. Because I'm Googling images right now and he doesn't have a helmet. <laughs> Oh, somebody knows how to Google stuff. <laughs> okay, but sure? it was a great scene. It was it was one of those sequences that we'd get every once in a while on the show where they like film it all of a sudden from a different perspective. Like it's not shot in that three camera setup. It's like they switch into like first person perspective of like first you see like them running towards Brighton, you know, the women running towards Brighton. And then you see like from the women's point of view is like Brighton's face as they're getting closer and he's like looking terrified. And it was great. It was a good mm-hmm. sequence and everything's like in slow motion. It was great. I think maybe let's go into our listener thoughts for yeah. the week. So I'm going to pull up. So we didn't have as many, um, but that's okay. Cause Aww. we've been recording so long anyway. Okay. Um, let me pull it up on my phone real quick. Cause I have it. Pull it up. Pull it up on your phone. Pull it up. Pull it up on your phone. Hey there, Toria, where you going? Pull the information up on your phone. We've got things from the audience that you want to hear. Toria's gonna have to look it up because we did not plan very well. Look it up. Pull it up on your phone. Pull it up. Pull it up on your phone. Hey there, Toria, what are you doing? Do you have it at So this is from listener Susanna Varghese, who also wrote in last time. Um, Susanna! She, yeah, she said that uh, one of her favorite running jokes is that Cece doesn't know the kids' names, which is also yes. fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. Me too. Um, and she says she loves when they captured Ma and Aunt Frida laughing during the food fight, which – so, you know, to, we're obviously in such agreement. Um, and – Let's see. She acknowledges that Fran's blue party outfit looks great on her, which it does. It's it's such yeah. a big look, but it's it's great. And she's like, you know, overall the episode was great. It was a silly plot line, but they acknowledge it uh, during the episode too. So you know, mm-hmm. so it, it was great. Yeah, like you know, every step of the way. Even Niles at one point is like, "How did your mother get involved with this?" Yeah. Um. So, but it's but it like you said before, it makes it like it makes sense within the context of these characters. It Mm -hmm, makes complete mm -hmm. sense. It absolutely does. And okay. So trivia this week, it's a corrections corner. Also from a listener. This was so cool. Um, I thought, so this is from listener Ron Mintz and he listened to one of our episodes that it would have aired from the listener's perspective a number of weeks ago. Um, but for us, we just, you know, uh, no, I, I can never get our timeline right. <laughs> 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 us, don't worry, don't worry about it, guys. We haven't even recorded it yet. <laughs> we haven't even recorded this episode yet. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, we record them way, way in advance. So even though he would have just heard it for us, it would have been probably something <laughs> yeah. we recorded like three months ago at this yes, point. Yes, yes. 
But so this is um, – he's referring to the episode where we talk about how Cece references that she's in charge of Niles's pension plan. And she is – and she says something like, you know, you better be nice to me or I'm going to invest your pension in Orange County bonds. And we had discussed, you know, what that was, like why it was a really bad thing to invest in, how at the time Orange County was in dire financial straits. And I think one of us had said like, yeah, there had been a string of natural disasters. So – Listener Ron Mintz wrote in mm. and he said, really enjoy your podcast. I was there in the 90s and I am, an, I am a municipal bonds professional. So let me tell you about Orange County. Oh, there, was, there, was, there was not a natural disaster, but rather a man-made financial one. In essence, the county invested in risky derivative securities, which I don't know what those are, but something risky, <laughs> um, as a way to generate more revenue. Those securities had a good run, but eventually reversed, generating a fiscal crisis that led to the county's 1994 bankruptcy filing. At the time, it was a huge deal. And for a while, the county's bonds plummeted in value. They were eventually restructured. The county, yeah. the county treasurer went to jail, and he linked an article to it. I feel like I knew all of that in reading it, like in research for the episode and then regurgitated it back all incorrectly. <laughs> Hi. Isn't that what it means to be an American? <laughs> we we have our opinions. We know everything. Hey, speaking matter. of regurgitating, shout out to our buddy Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, our friend Tom spent a lot of time throwing up last night, but he's, he's, he's fine. Okay. He's fine. Um, so he then goes on to say, as a possible other inside joke only for investment professionals. So, so I'm not sure if this was actually so – for just like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Municipal bonds are usually tax exempt and therefore have a lower interest rate compared to other bonds. Uh, pension investments are also tax exempt until the funds are withdrawn. So there is no need to invest in, mun- in these unless CC wanted to further screw over Niles. And then he says, Hmm. really enjoy your reviews of the nanny. A fond memory of those days that's been fun to revisit on HBO Max. Thanks for doing it, Ron. Fun. Thanks for writing in. That was awesome. I know. Oh, man. That was – man, now other people that listen have a lot to live up to because, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And I wrote – I I love that Ron listens. I love that like so many different types of people – enjoy the show. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's, – I mean, look. It's like the show was a huge hit on a major network, like like at the precipice of cable becoming a thing. So it it got like big ratings because like you know it's not like there was it's not like there was a million channels like there is now. You know there were more certainly than like only being three channels to flip through. But like network shows still were like big big business back then. You know this was pre streaming anything. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the show had a wide swath of, of different types of viewers, you know, fans. Yeah. 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 It was, it's just, I know. I loved it. I loved it. That's great. Um, and so Yiddish, we, we have the word Yentas again. Classic. Um, yeah. Fran calls her mom and aunt a couple of Yentas. They are. As we've, you know, said in previous episodes, Yenta is actually a Yiddish name, um, for a woman, you know, it, it is a, a woman's name in Yiddish and it kind of evolved to refer to just a busybody and um, became yeah, more Yenta just- is the Jewish Karen. Yes, exactly. Um, and then for the Fran or the Cece, I wrote, I am uncool like Cece. You are a bad boy like Fran. So I, it's like, oh, it's established that Cece definitely was like not doing anything cool when she was younger. And I, it was established that Fran was doing a lot of, you know, uh, 
crazy stuff. And yeah. I feel like that was more you. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Hey, guys, I've said it before. Sean got kicked out of art school, which is hard to do. <laughs> I, had already, I had already decided to leave. So really, it doesn't count. They just didn't invite me back. But I was like, well, I wasn't going back. So thanks, I guess. See, the, wow. If I if I have not heard a more obstinate uh, bad boy thing to say, like, hey, I was already out of there. Yeah, I was already out. I was back in Florida. I was like, I'm not going back to that fucking that place. All was I. I did not enjoy that experience at all. And then they and then I got a letter like six months later that was like, uh, blah 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 blah. You're not invited back. And I was like, okay. You're like, screw you guys. I'm already home. And I never showed my parents, and then told them like 15 years later that that happened. And my mom went, oh, <laughs> she literally God. gasped. She went, <gasps> oh God. Oh. <laughs> But so uh, that's the episode. Very fun. We I loved the listener feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, send us stuff. Send us your thoughts. If we get something wrong, uh, if we say something that like Stupid. could be clear, yeah. you know, if Sean specifically, if I say something wrong, then just quietly sidebar me, and I'll never share. Um, but so. This was so fun, and I hope you guys liked it. Yeah, and if you did, then you should go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or any place that they let you leave a review or a rating, and you should rate and review the show because that helps other people find the show. And if you do want to send us in corrections or notes or or anything, really, uh, you can do it on Twitter or on Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod. Um, not a lot of people use Twitter. It doesn't seem like our audience is strictly IG. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, listen, I keep giving that Twitter out because every once in a while I do remember to check it and someone has written something and I favorite it. (laughs) There you go. There you go. People. Twitter interaction. It's easy. Um, Um, All right. That was it. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. For another episode of, Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>